welcome to a new episode of Mediterranean Sustainability Partners. I'm your host, Ellen Wasalina. In this episode, I'm so privileged to be joined by Zena Baroum, who is uh, known as the Arabic soprano, and is a Jordanian classically trained soprano who started her musical career in 1997. At an early age, she received the Best Soloist Award from the Estenfood Competition. Bahom obtained a BSc in Visual Communication at American University of Sharjah. She received private vocal coaching with Alberta Valentini, Walter Alberetti, and Tina Ruta. Bahom has performed at benefits countless times for the benefit of women, children, peace, and prosperity, which is clear in her performances in Jordan, UAE, London, Italy, Austria, France, and Lebanon, with renowned artists, with renowned artists, including Italian baritone tutor William Abaletti and Roberta Alagna. She also supports young talents in music and the arts in the Arab region. During 2017, Bahum engaged herself in various activities as she took part in a ceremony held by the Embassy of Ukraine in Jordan, where she was awarded with the Grand Prix. She previously won the same award, the second Tara Shevchenko International Singing Competition, where she sang Tara Shevchenko's popular folk song, The Mighty Dnieper Roars and Bellows, in Arabic and Ukrainian for the first time. According to the announcement of the winners in the competitions, Zena Bahum was awarded the Grand Prix for the masterful embodiment of Shevchenko's spirit in her own work and popularization of the great Gopsar's ideas. I am so pleased to have Zena on my podcast, and I look forward to welcoming you as well. Enjoy. so pleased to have Zina Baroum join me as you heard her. She opened up our first segment of La Vie en Rose d'après Zina Baroum. Zina, bonjour. Bonjour. Marhaba. <laughs> en arabe. Uh, I'm pleased to be uh, talking to you today. Uh, it's a real pleasure to Thank be on you. a podcast. 
Well, actually, it's technically my first podcast. So, oh, well, we're, I'm so glad, I'm honored to be the first one to be doing a podcast with you, my dear. The honor so, is mine. <laughs> this is so much fun. Thank you for sharing a little bit of your beautiful song, La Vie en Rose, uh, that we're going to be hearing throughout this uh, podcast. And this is a podcast in three segments. And Zena has been so kind to accept to do a podcast in three segments. And I'd just like to lay out what we're going to be doing in these three segments. So we're going to talk about, Zena, your career, les débuts, right? The beginnings. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go to uh, vos métiers, your, your, what you do in life, because you're a, a multifaceted entrepreneur. You're not only an opera a singer, a soprano, but you also do many things. And I'd like to uh, put that out for our audience to hear about. And then finally, in the third segment, I want to talk about your mission, votre mission. Uh, so let, let's start this very first segment, if you would be so kind as to tell me a little bit about and tell our audience in 30 countries and four continents about your debut, your beginnings. Hello, 30 countries and four continents. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's quite exciting to be uh, talking to all of you about my beginnings, mes débuts. Mm. Uh, alors, les débuts <laughs> <laughs> um, are quite um, are quite full of, of details. So I won't uh, talk about them in too much detail, but I'll start with how I started to sing. I started at the age of basically 12 wow. um, to... Um, discover myself as a singer, I think. And uh, it, it all began at school in a, in a little choir. My music teacher discovered that I can sing mm -hmm. um, and discovered my vocal range as well, which was quite special at that age. Um, so he called my parents up and said, okay, so your child can sing and like, can really sing. So you should work on her talent and develop her skills, enroll her in music uh, lessons, um, theory, vocal training, uh, instruments, um, as it will all help in the future uh, for her to, to become a singer if she wants to become a singer. So um, that's where the journey all started really and uh, an actual audience. Uh, and it was a song that was a pop song. It wasn't classical, uh, but it was a song that I picked up uh, from my file of favorite songs mm -hmm. that I used to basically collect uh, growing up. And I think it started a little earlier than 12, but I think 12 was when I actually came out of the shell uh, and everybody discovered that I can sing. So I used to uh, basically listen to uh, songs on the radio, um, songs at home. My parents listened to, my brothers listened to, pick up on them, uh, memorize them, write lyrics, and put them in a file that my mom discovered later actually oh. has a drawer in my room that I, that I did from, from my family. Because I always thought that it was uh, a taboo for me to perform or to sing or even think about becoming a performer in the future. And my parents then um, basically told me that you just thought wrong because this is something that we would definitely support, would encourage you Fantastic. to whatever, whoever you want in the future. It's your Fantastic. life. You have the talent and will support you. So, um, so my beginnings uh, were, I think, uh, great because I had all the support that I needed as a child to have no barriers. And I think that's really important for, for any child growing up. Discover they have a talent and have the support 
from the people who love them around them or care so about them. Important. You're absolutely right. Uh, absolutely. And um, and yeah, from then on, I basically got enrolled in um, voice lessons, and I started taking piano lessons, even violin. Uh, I love performing arts in general on stage, I think. Um, so um, I also enrolled in dance classes and became a ballerina for a short period of time. And it's a special, <laughs> it's a special talent. It's a special talent to want to be on stage, right? I mean, it's not natural yeah. for everybody, but uh, you yeah. seem to have this natural talent and desire to stand up on stage, which is, you know, not for everybody. Uh, no, absolutely. To be Susan as they say, yeah, it's something, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I love being on stage. Um, it's a feeling that for me is absolutely thrilling and addictive at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah, I just feel like I'm at, I'm, I'm at a second home on stage. Sure. It's really where I feel like I'm at home. Yeah. Um, so uh, as for my other beginnings uh, as a visual artist, I started drawing at the age of eight. You did? And um, my mom discovered my talent and she enrolled me in art classes. So this is where I started painting and discovering my talent of drawing in general. Um, so yeah, that's uh, basically the beginning of both journeys, I would say, yeah, as a visual artist and as a singer. That, that's quite complimentary too, I would imagine, because you're in an artistic milieu. Were your parents uh, artists or, or musicians? How, how did you become inspired at, at 12 that, you know, you were discovered? But who just, you know, you said your teacher discovered you and then called your parents. But um, uh, were your parents, uh, how did that work out for you? And who inspired you to, to, to want to become a singer? I wasn't an artistic me. I, I would say it was like a melange of inspirations mm -hmm. uh, at home. And um, uh, it came from, I think, mainly my mother because she's, uh, she's a person who, who just loves the arts in general. Um, and I grew up with that. That's um, and we, we generally have a, like a home who loves culture that loves Wonderful. culture and um, so I was exposed to all sorts of art whether visual art I was always taken to galleries um, you know my parents uh, we traveled quite a bit because my father was also a professor and he was a visiting professor in different countries so wonderful. Um, I felt like uh, I was always a citizen of the world as they say mm. uh, so I saw a lot of things and got basically exposed to a lot of things growing up. And I think that helped build my artistic personality and my creative vision uh, as an artist, as the artist I am today. Um, and she also loved performing arts. She danced herself when she was she at did. university. She loved she dancing. Did. Yeah, she did flamenco and Indian dancing. Oh, all sorts of things. She loved it. And we had a lot of um, like old Hollywood uh, movies and musicals, a lot of DVDs at home. I mean, that I always watched and they always inspired me. So I think that's why I of music because I was exposed to all of that, um, whether it's old Hollywood musicals um, and, and even fashion that I think inspired me as well, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's, not only the music, it's the image, but 
uh, an artist is or what art is or, or the music because it's a, whole, a picture, a whole picture. It's not just sure. one aspect of that art form. Um, so uh, I think all of this was just absorbed by me as a child and growing up, like not only as a child, but growing up all these years, um, studying music, um, attending concerts, uh, ballets. My mom took me as well to concerts and ballets and um, wherever we traveled, we used to go to, uh, you know, just watch performances. Um, so it, it all, I think, helped in building the personality that so I have today. There was a great part of nurturing by your mother Absolutely. Uh, that, and then, of course, your exposure to, to different countries, different cultures, uh, probably yes. inspired you as well as you traveled uh, to different countries across the globe. Absolutely. Um, Vienna, uh, actually, sorry to interrupt you. Vienna was one of my favorite places to visit with my family. Um, we have family who lives in Germany. Uh, and um, when we visited Vienna, mom loved Strauss. So uh, she made sure we visit the place uh, where Strauss used to perform, or it was said that he used to perform. And uh, it was one of the most beautiful experiences because uh, there was also ballroom dancing and mm. something I, I remember very well. And that I ended up actually wanting to learn growing up as well. So as an adult, uh, I took ballroom class. You did. I got as far as a bronze medal and I seem to do with the classical music <laughs> from that part of the world. That's marvelous. So, yeah. You were also lessing your, you know, allowing yourself to be influenced by other cultures um, coming mm -hmm. from Jordan, right? I mean, yes. uh, can you tell us a little bit about how Jordanian culture, of course, you, you were born and raised uh, there, correct? And uh, correct. How, how this culture is so important to you you know that's uh, we'll finish up this segment on that note on, on les mm -hmm. débuts uh, en Jordanie in Jordan um, how important is that to you in your work um, and how does it inspire you and and probably is very much heartfelt I believe from what I've seen in in your videos and your songs yes well um we were in and out of Jordan quite a lot but uh, I would say I mean clearly in the region and uh, it is where, where I am from. Uh, I mean, I am an Arab um, with an identity that is also a bit of a mixture. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the influence of one's culture uh, would always be prominent in anything they do in their life. And it's, it's difficult not to have that exude from someone's uh, personality and, and, and work. Um, so whatever I put my hands on, I feel like my identity has to come across to people uh, where I come from, things I've been affected by growing up uh, positively, of course. Um, and and uh, yeah, I would say, it, I, I mean, like my identity or my, uh, my brand for my recent albums, uh, which are titled Alcantara. So I had Alcantara and Alcantara 2. And uh, Alcantara is actually originally an Arabic word, which means small bridge. And the pronunciation in Arabic is Alcantara. So uh, there's a message behind that word, uh, which is basically bridging cultures. I always believe that to achieve bringing people closer and togetherness, uh, it's really, truly by bringing people together through uh, culture. 
Um, and speaking the language of music, I think since it is universal, regardless of what language I'm performing in or singing in, uh, always brings uh, people closer together. It's just, as they say, it's a language of the soul. Uh, people always feel it, uh, can relate to it, whether it's sad, happy, makes them cry or smile, mm -hmm. laugh. Um, especially when it comes to, you know, uh, opera and opera comique, for example. <laughs> there's acting and there's laughter. Um, yeah, and uh, a lot of music that's melancholic that people could relate to and makes them sad or cry, regardless of, uh, of, of the language. Uh, and I had one of the experiences, uh, speaking of uh, the culture and, and music and put them together. Um, I performed a song in Arabic uh, in the Emirates um, with the Prague Youth Symphony Orchestra. And they didn't understand what I was singing. They didn't understand the word country. They were tearing up. It got them so emotional, you know, just the music. So, um, and, and, and that's why, I guess, regardless of the, the libretto, when it comes to opera, for example, uh, the music would move you. Sometimes you would understand that the uh, actors slash singers, you know, are basically uh, performing on stage uh, through the music. You just feel, uh, you understand, you feel and you understand yeah. uh, what, the, what the music is all about, what it's trying to tell you, because there's a message behind it. And I think it's really important for every artist to have a message, um, regardless of where they come from as well. That's true. Um, and my message is bridging cultures because I think it brings people together and bridging cultures through music is really what uh, I always believe is important that's wonderful thank you so much my chère Zena thank you so much You're this welcome. is the end of the first segment mm -hmm. uh, we will then uh, close this segment out and um, the next segment the second segment is mes métiers vos métiers what you do uh, mm -hmm. you're such a talented young woman and entrepreneur. Thank you so much. Thank you, Anna.
back with Zena Barum. This is segment two of this mm. special podcast interview with Zena Barum. Bonjour. It's great Zena. to be back. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pleasure. We we started our conversation in segment one about your debut, your beginnings. Now we'll do the second segment, if you would be so kind, as to tell us about what you do as a woman entrepreneur. You have many métiers, many jobs, many different talents that you started to tell us about in the first segment. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about your métier? Bien sûr, mes métiers. Ils sont trois. Ils sont trois. Oui, <laughs> you can count them, that's good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know you do a lot of things. I know you do a lot. If you can say trois, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Three main ones, let's say, right? <laughs> yes. Um, I would say, ils sont trois, mais la passion are all of them, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I have passion for all of them. They're tied uh, together somewhat, would you say? They, they are tied together. Oh, I wanted to say as well, uh, yes. I was trying to focus on uh, translating a little bit of what you just heard because uh and Please. of course the french lyrics will follow in the third segment uh but um it, it's really uh obviously a song about a lot of love and uh life in rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully always would be <laughs> in rose-colored <laughs> for everyone that's listening to this yes but um mm. it's really just a general translation of um of the song or how I see the song. Um, That's so nice of you too to to put this in Arabic. I, I found it so pretty too. And I don't speak Arabic. I understand a few things, but it's so nice to hear it in a, in a different language. Tell us about that, how you, of course, we're trying to get through your métier. I know there's so much to say, but- um, No, but I think I too. But I, yes, please, you were saying? Yeah, I, I wanted to understand how you came to this um, translation and, uh, how you see La Vie en Rose, of course, as it's a subject uh, of La Vie en Rose, uh, talking about these three main areas of your work uh, that we can, of course, with limited time today, but uh, we could, we will have to do another podcast together, that's all. I would love that. <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to you. I know, I know. <laughs> it's great. Um, well, uh, speaking of Stombras uh, that I was just talking about, um, you know, I think embracing really um, with open arms uh, the things that uh, w- you know one does in life is important. Uh, accepting what you can do and 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 what you you've got and what you can offer to the world, because I believe that when you find out that you can do something using your skill to um, empower, inspire, um, you know just give hope to someone, uh, give them positive energy, whatever you can do, I think is important. And uh, it takes me back to the Renaissance period because it was very possible in the Renaissance to to do more than one thing. It was never frowned upon. Um, Nowadays, uh, I think people generally tend to like to specialize more, uh, but uh, I think they're also now more keen on um, believing in, yes, we can do more than one thing, uh, as long as we um, are able to focus on one thing at a time to deliver and, and finish the task that we, you know, we start okay. um, with the goal that we have in mind, obviously, and the mission um, that we have to put forth. Uh, otherwise, you know, you won't reach 
the goal that you want to reach with whatever you put your hands on. And I, I think that's always been something that's important for me. If I start something, it's important for me to finish it and, um, and, and feel like I've achieved something, I've made a change. Uh, and I always believed that I could change the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. That makes two of us <laughs> in our own way. Right. <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, um, We are a drop in the ocean, but every drop in that really makes everything ever so powerful, ever so sure. more powerful. Yeah, and um, then obviously growing uh, growing up um, and reaching a point where I was a little more mature, I realized that changing the world might not be necessarily possible, but making a small change is definitely sure. possible. Absolutely. And so I embraced everything that I can do, uh, including visual arts, um, music, singing, and and uh, designing uh, because I started drawing and I found well, my parents found out that I can and draw at eight. Um, <laughs> that's where the journey started. I won an award apparently um, in, in the kingdom in Jordan and it was first place for drawing. So my parents were surprised. Wow. My talent is actually, you know, um, Amazing. might go somewhere. You're, um, you're a real so <laughs> Um, but uh no it was um it was something that was uh, lovely to discover and and take with me on a on a little journey because and i say little because i started and i stopped for for a long time and then i picked up on drawing and painting again uh when i was about maybe 16 15 16 um I won't talk about why I stopped uh, now, <laughs> uh, but um, we'll save some for a next podcast, right? No, no, no. Of course, no, because it's just not very positive, and I, I'd, I'd like to not go into that. I mean, it has nothing to do with uh, my family. It's just got to do with uh, you know what I experienced in art class or in art classes that I took that I was in. Uh, but then you know the positive thing is that I picked up on it and uh, I started having. Uh, passion for designing clothes at some point as well. I drew everything because really? uh, I was exploring, getting inspired by nature, by everything around me. And I found out that my grandmother was a very talented fashion designer because she used to make a lot of uh, basically the dresses that my mom and my her sisters uh, used to wear uh, at home. She just she was passionate and, and she loved it. So she she was actually a really good painter and That's she used nice. to draw as well and make oh, the clothes. Wow. So later on, uh, anyway, to make a long story very short, <laughs> um, I thought to myself, since I'm already uh, learning music and singing and, and not stopping, you know, I, I love it. I always loved it. Uh, I wanted to further develop my skills in painting and, and drawing and just the visual arts in general at university. So I did my bachelor's degree in visual communication, okay. uh, which basically included a lot of uh, material related to anything that you would communicate with visually, um, including filmmaking, animation, uh, branding, uh, clearly painting was part of it. Mm. Um, and, you know, designing, product design, designing in general. So this, this is what I guess brings me to jewelry design, which I'm doing at the moment. I love the jewelry. Tell us about the jewelry that you've designed on your website. I, I of course went to your website and 
uh, took a look. And I have to tell you, there's one piece I'd like to order from you. Tell me about you know, how you got oh. into this jewelry. Uh, thank you. Um, well, yeah, so I mean, after I finished my degree in visual communication, I uh, worked in the field for a while because I really wanted to gain some experience in the field of art. Uh, I also uh, took part in uh, gallery exhibitions uh, for my paintings. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. So uh, with my paintings, I, I traveled as well a bit. And um, I recently, not too long ago, actually, a few years back, I was invited to do a joint exhibition, art exhibition in England with a British painter. And uh, I also it was it was coupled with a small concert so it was really nice oh, to um nice. to so yeah you, you were singing then together yeah i was singing and uh, what i did was i i titled every piece of artwork uh, and linked it to one of my songs on my alcantara oh. album oh my goodness uh, you know at the end of the day as you were saying in the earlier podcast that you know they all interlink and, and they all inspire each other sure. or one another, basically. Uh, whether, you know, my art uh, inspires my music, or my music inspires my art. And, and, you know, I do a lot of the visual work for, for my music branding, for example. It's all mutually uh, reinforcing somehow. So you have, as, so I want to talk just briefly about you as an entrepreneur. And I know there's one more métier that we haven't gotten to yet, but... Um, what you do as an enterprise or as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to understand a little bit. Everything you do uh, has to be used, um, you know, together and to reinforce who you are, your brand. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's very powerful to be able to have the communication, the arts. I believe you even made or your mother made the dress the last time that you, you sang in the, in the Palestine Correct. Museum that I was so graciously yeah. invited to. Um, all of this is, is tied together, right? It's all, uh, you're just the one person or the one company, I guess, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, I, I think, and that's why uh, I wanted to get some experience in the field to, I mean, work um, in the corporate world so that I, I'm also more aware as an artist, not just an artist, uh, to what goes on paper, what goes behind the scenes, because it's important uh, for an artist to also be knowledgeable of Absolutely. Uh, the business side of things. Um, at the end of the day, uh, as, an, as a singer as well, I'm managed by someone. And uh, you know, my manager would oversee everything related to any performance I take sure. part in. Um, and it would it's important for me to to also know how to handle myself in any situation Absolutely. Uh, and not just be the artist I am. Um, so I think that's important today more than ever before. And I, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and an artist. But you so are. that I know I'm you getting are. myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I am, yes, and I like to be. And, uh, you know, to go back to how I got into jewelry, uh, yeah. I do, well, my, my mother, uh, again, well, I mean, it is, uh, clearly a bit more feminine than anything else. Uh, so naturally I would be visiting jewelry stores with my mother and not my father. But um, <laughs> that was definitely an, an inspiration because uh, she she loves also, uh, I would say, pieces that have meaning and that are the art background that she has and the art background that I have. Um, basically, I grew up loving it and wanting to do it. So I, I started basically designing my first piece 
for one of my concerts oh. and then it took off from there. So yeah. Um, Is that one of the necklaces that you wore, right? Or what was it? What was the piece uh, that you wore? Mine was actually an abstract leaf. Oh, okay. That was inspired by, by trees and nature. Oh, I was just wow. in the garden and I thought, okay, that's interesting. Let me draw an abstract leaf. And, you know, I just wanted to, um, to wear something of my own. Uh, and basically one so of my concerts. That's how it started. And uh, it kind of took off from there. So I, then I got into it a bit more on a serious note and started doing it professionally. Uh, but then again, I also treat the, the jewelry line as more of a, an art-based jewelry line uh, because I, I treat every piece like an, like an art work like and not- work of art. It's it, yeah, like, unique pieces, right? You don't make two of yeah, them, like, you just make one. Absolutely, like art to wear. Um, that's what oh, I call that's it. That's really cool. That's why I like them. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I, mean, like, I like unique pieces and I would love, we're going to have to work this out once we finish this segment, but um, really to wear something that's made by someone that's unique that no one else has. I think that's oh, fantastic. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Of <laughs> I really appreciate that. Of course. No, I mean, I, I, um, I like things to come from the heart, you know, uh, no matter what, and and all, also always have a message, as I was saying earlier. So every collection has a title that has a story. You know, there's a story behind every collection, um, and the story is usually basically my inspiration for that collection. Um, and I have a heritage collection, for example, that's inspired by Palestinian embroidery. One that it's inspired by the sea and its treasures or lost treasures, you know. Um, one that I call the Afra collection, which is uh, an Arabic name, Al Afra, basically oh. is what it, it pronounces in Arabic, mm -hmm. and it was all based on Arabic calligraphy. So this is where um, the Arabic culture comes in. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, it was just something that I actually started with uh, as one of the main collections. Uh, so. So, so yeah, that's have we covered line. everything or do you have something new you're working on? Maybe another métier that you're opening up to, no? Another métier. Well, actually, uh, one <laughs> that, uh, that maybe falls under the umbrella of uh, entrepreneurship was a festival that I founded in 2017. Oh, fantastic. It's first opera festival in the Arab world. And uh, it's uh, called Amman Opera Festival or Amman Opera Festival um basically pronounced in the western accent mm -hmm. so amman is the capital and uh we started with the first opera la traviata in 2017 as the first open air uh basically opera in um in the city and in the country and it was held at the Roman amphitheater, a Roman theater, actually. I wanted, I wanted to ask you about that. Yes, yeah. I wanted to ask you about that. It's stunning. You have pictures of you there, I believe, in several uh, different photographs. But um, I yeah. want to come. Are you going to do it this year, Zena? Are you going to do the, the forum this year? We are hoping to uh, start planning, hopefully, uh, hopefully soon. Not, not surely, but hopefully, uh, only because of the restrictions uh, you know, that we have, I think, worldwide as well. But I think things are opening up worldwide yes. generally uh, due to the pandemic. Um, so we have been quite restricted and uh, for quite a while. So the number of people probably also be very restricted. But I think we can maybe start planning for something, hopefully in the near future. I hope so. Uh, and I hope so. 
maybe in the next podcast I'll announce it. Definitely uh, uh, something that I'm proud of, MHCA that I'm very proud of. Um, and it's ongoing. We started also a, an educational program in 2018. Uh, encourage young people and children. Uh, those are really interested in classical music and opera, uh, particularly to enroll in workshops that we held at the time. And then in 2020, uh, we did 2019, sorry, let me go back, 2018, La uh, We also did at the Roman Theater downtown Amman, the capital. And then we did uh, Barbieri di Sevilla, uh, Barber of Seville, mm -hmm. and 2019 in a closed theater only because it was more uh, towards from all over the world almost uh, I would say I'm over sorry. 100 Zena, Zena could you repeat the 2019 I didn't catch that sure in 2019 we had our third edition uh, under the umbrella of the festival the Barber of Seville uh, it was in collaboration and partnership uh, and collaboration with the uh, Teatro Comunale di Bologna which is ah. the uh, Yes. opera house in Bologna mm -hmm. and uh, the orchestra came from there we had a choir from Italy as well from Rimini uh, from the opera house there wow. and uh, it was a lovely production every year we had people uh, from different parts of the world um, Italy China Spain France uh, Britain um, really it was a very interesting eclectic mix of people again uh, bridging cultures through music it was just wonderful to have people come together and just sing one language um uh, just perform uh, <laughs> together uh, of course. always it was always a really really a lovely experience and um there were about 100 over 150 people almost every year so uh we missed that crowd we missed the big performances It'll come uh, back It'll yeah come hopefully back. jordan misses it as well but um it was wonderful to also uh, encourage and inspire young people to That's to yeah, to, to do what they love. They, they know that they have a platform that they can uh, basically participate in uh, or through uh, with their skills and, and talents uh, because it wasn't non-existent before, especially, I mean, in the field, in the genre of, of opera and classical music um, together. So, um, and the educational program in 2020, we carried out because we did not have any live performances online with those who were right. promised scholarships. Yeah, young children who were promised scholarships oh. and adults uh, and young adults uh, who were supposed to travel for scholarships to study opera through the festival. Mm. So uh, we we carried out a small program online in collaboration with Opera for Peace. And okay. it was a wonderful experience. Because I know you are. Resilience yeah. of an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur. I think we'll end this segment there's so much to say my dear Zena, but we will end the second segment here thank you so again so so much again and we'll see you in the third segment yes <laughs> <laughs>
segment with my interview of La Vie en Rose d'après Zena Barum. Zena, we're back. Hello. Hello. La Vie en Rose d'après moi. <laughs> oui, exact. <laughs> back for our final segment. I think you wanted to sing maybe something for us in this final segment so we can hear your beautiful voice. Certainly. Um, thank you. Of course. <laughs> Okay, so here's <clears throat> La Vie en Rose, uh, en arabe et en français. Très bien. It's a habibi kul hayati, ana bachibak inta, bidi aish fi albak. Khunif ahdanat madal haya, ukhabbil ya. Thank you so much, my dear yeah. Zena. Cher Zena, that was absolutely marvelous. Marvelous. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, you know, you're, you're such a talented artist. And again, I want to thank you again for your time. But we want to wrap up this podcast with this third segment. And uh, I'd like to go back to what you were saying initially in the, uh, at the end of the second segment about resilience and how you were able to get through the pandemic. And I believe the song you played for us at the beginning was all about that and how you were inspired during the pandemic uh, to keep going, to, to be resilient and to, to keep singing and keep uh, the, your mission going. So this last segment is about your mission. Votre mission, c'est quoi, Zena? Oui, ma mission. Um, <laughs> and I'm glad I was able to keep it going because I think for many artists and many individuals around the world, uh, I would say entities in general, uh, some really lost hope at some point. Uh, yes, but it was, I think, um, important for everyone to think 
that life will come back to normal so that they pick up on the energy again uh, that they always had, that was always there. Uh, you know, this positive energy is always around us. We just have to pick up on it, notice it, realize it, and embrace it. Exactly. And uh, it, it was definitely uh, quite a mission. <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult to accomplish, especially uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, because the shock of hearing the news right. uh, uh, on a global level uh, was quite a lot to take. It was detrimental on everyone's emotion and well-being. Absolutely. And that's what encouraged me to work even harder on uh, sure. feeling better and making everyone around me feel better. So this is my mission as an artist. Uh, if I do uh, anywhere uh, to, you know, my people who love my music want to hear me sing. Uh, they want to uh, also basically uh, uh, get some hope uh, just from anywhere, you know, and I, I feel that that was a mission that was important to maintain. That's good of and, you to do that during the pandemic. As you say, it was a difficult time. And I think you were very inspirational. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about what you were doing that now technology allows us to do as most of us working on our computers with the, you know, absolutely. internet and everything. Tell us how that was uh, facilitating you maybe uh, in your work during this difficult time. So I had uh, written a piece of music uh, a year before the pandemic that I kept laptop for the longest time. I didn't know I could write music. Um, mm. and it was a short piece of music. Uh, I couldn't at the time really finish it, put it together. It was just, I just needed to put the you know puzzle pieces together. Sure. Um, so I left it. And uh, I revisited that project in the pandemic. Good for you. Like, you know what? Probably sit down and do something. I worked on it uh, on, a, on a program on the computer, writing, basically writing score. And uh, I started uh, just squeezing my brain uh, and putting it together the way it was together. And I finished it. I finished the music and I wrote the lyrics all in one session. Oh my goodness. I mean, it was that powerful. The inspiration just poured on me. It was just like, as they say, when, you know, when it rains, it pours. It pours, yeah. <laughs> um, and it just happened. It happened uh, then and there. I called the studio. At the time, studios were closed. So I couldn't go do any recordings or anything of that sort. So I did a little recording at home just so that we, I have a guide to work with for the studio. Sure. And uh, I, I called them up and said, as soon as you open your doors, just let me know. I want to come in and uh, do a recording and produce uh, a piece of music. So uh, that's where it all started, The Wings of Love, which you, which you basically heard in the beginning of the podcast, um, in the beginning of this segment. Um, and the words really came from the heart because it's every word I felt as I was mm -hmm. writing the words and the music together. As the song came together, it just, you know, the words just came out on paper. Um, like this. And... Um, Basically, it starts with the words, um, flying without a fear for a better tomorrow, uh, thinking of ways to love without a sorrow, burning away what you've got to give. So, uh, and it's, it's exactly what we were just talking about. Basically, exactly. you, know, you don't want any sorrows or any negativity around you to burn away the energy that you really have to give, uh, because we all have a lot in us that we, we can give. Um, and so, you know, I just wanted to inspire people to not be down and um, uh, still give, give it the best they've got 
uh, and be hopeful and think that there is going to be a tomorrow and <laughs> it's not the end yes. of the world. So um, it's really all about that. And this is what music should do to inspire and have a mission. Um, and the artist should be the messenger that carries that message. And there's absolutely, and I, you, you know, you've inspired me and that's why we're talking today. Right. Oh, um, and, so and it was so kind of you to, to, to accept my invitation on Instagram. We met on Instagram. Yeah, um, right. and <laughs> I mean, just a beautiful voice. Thank you. I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one to thank you, but we need, you know, we need inspiration and we need, guidance and we need lifting up right in these very dark times so i want to thank you personally for your inspiration oh you're most welcome thank you for being inspired and for getting in touch uh, yes. our energy us together see because yes you think and you just wanted to you know um dive into it as they say yes so and let's let's talk about your mission now for this third segment positive energy i i know you have you're doing a lot of things we talked about you know, uh, your debut, we talked about your métier, your, your work, your life work, your entrepreneurship, your skills. Now, let's talk about the sort of like the bigger picture of the mission. You've sort of started to tell me about it, but what, Zena is your main mission uh, with your, as a singer? Uh, you obviously, we just talked about you're inspiring people. You've told us a little bit about the educational programs you offer. What, mm -hmm. how do you want to leave, how does Zena Barum want to leave her mark? on this earth? Um, I, I know think it's a big question. <laughs> it's a very big question. Um, you know, I spoke, obviously I spoke about bridging cultures, bringing people together, uh, promoting the importance of love. Um, very important. Supporting each other and togetherness. You know, you were just saying how you were inspired by me. Yes. Um, which is truly humbling and I it just makes me so happy it makes my heart sing literally when oh, somebody's so glad. Me because I feel like I've actually you know made a difference in achieved someone's something. life you know yeah. uh and or yeah really achieved something with what I'm doing in my life and I think I'd like this is how I'd like to leave mark on this earth I'd like people to remember me as someone who is seeking um a change uh, and really wanting to make it happen and uh, putting uh, love in people's hearts and, and inspiration and just good things. Tell us about the organizations that you're involved with. I know you're involved with- I think that's really important. Uh, and to- Tell us a little bit about the organizations you're involved in. I know you're involved in international organizations and um, that's a great platform for you uh, to get involved. Tell, tell our audience a little bit about what you're doing and where you are active to accomplish this mission. Certainly. I mean, through those organizations that I'm involved with, uh, I was also able to sing, do talks uh, throughout, you know, the year of 2020, which was all mostly virtual. Uh, I, I participated in different festivals online uh, and uh, also uh, did performances with uh, theaters in the region. Um, and it was all, it was all truly inspiring for me as well, because I met a lot of people who I would have never met before if it wasn't these virtual uh, events. Mm. Um, and one of them is uh, Opera for Peace, uh, which is a global project I represent as one of their ambassadors. And uh, I took part in World Opera Day in October 2020. 
represented Jordan with uh, a beautiful aria, mm. which I'm sure everybody knows. It's called O Mio Bambino Caro from the mm. opera. I love that. Uh, yes, and it was shot in Jordan, uh, in Wadi Rum, which is a beautiful desert we've got here, a rocky desert, a rocky mountain desert. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Aqaba, which is by the sea. Um, I have to say that just the experience of shooting the video alone uh, was something truly magical. And I was able, uh, you know, I, I was I was happy that I was able to feel that magic, so that Sorry. it actually comes across. Hopefully, I think a lot of people did say it came across uh, in the video. Yeah. Um, and you know, this was uh, a beautiful, uh, I I would say, opportunity. And uh, because at the end of the day, you know, virtual events, yes, are. Uh, a bit restricting when it comes to sure. interaction, actual real, you know, real actual interaction. But we're also able to reach the masses uh, worldwide, like we are able to do that today with your podcast and yeah. with all Amazing. your podcasts, you know, with 35 countries yes. across the continents, which is pretty incredible. And you can't do that in, uh, in a physical event no. in one um, so uh, this is, I think, what was amazing. I also participated in an online festival uh, organized by the by the Chinese government and in the pop genre and the classical genre, and there were also over thirty countries, I think. Part, wow. uh, yeah. Um, so it was wonderful to just meet people from uh, from across the world and sing to them, and also hear other people sing and perform. It was all really like a platform where everybody inspired everybody, yeah. and you know. The day energy is circular it just travels around of course. it could of be infinite course. um the thing that i also wanted to mention is uh it, it's you know how important it is to be genuine as an artist you know to perform really from the bottom of your heart with your from body and yeah absolutely uh, another organization i'm involved with um is the world food program i'm an advocate of the world food program so um, a very important organization that gives back. And um, it's, it's always incredible to be able to give back to the community, to the Absolutely. global community, I would say, not Absolutely. only the local community. Um, and this is what I think the pandemic uh, also helped with. It was, uh, it facilitated looking at the positive side uh, <laughs> of what happened. There is, there is a positive side, right? <laughs> really helped the world tap into their their global potential, because there's there was a global potential that I think the world wasn't aware of, uh, and that's what it facilitated, and that's what it made people realize, uh, you know, uh, which which I think is is great. That's what we can take from it, uh, that is positive and uh, and maybe uh, key, I would say, uh, as you know, a, for a future potential, a future bigger potential, develop it, work on it, because. Tap, tapping into it even a bit further in the future uh, would only make us advance more as human beings of course. and make us more human. There's so many things that are happening around the world that are very inhumane and uh, unfortunately still going on to this day. So uh, I just hope that with our voices uh, as people and not only as artists, but as people and as humans, uh, we'll be able to make a change truly and genuinely. I believe it's possible and and you've you've so inspired me and i'm sure you're inspired our listeners and our audiences in 30 countries and four continents i'm so sure. pleased 
<laughs> I, I, hope, I hope our audience grows and it, it, it's just been a real pleasure uh, to speak with you today, Zena. I want to thank you again for taking the time. Would, I'd like to give you a final word, if, if I may, just a message maybe to our audience. Sure. Una parole encore, ce sera la dernière. In music, of course. La dernière, but not... Uh, I hope the last word, obviously, that we will have together. I know we will be talking, no. uh, hopefully, again soon. We'll be talking. And uh, soon, this is, by the way, a little excerpt from my performance in Carmen I, when I did the role of Michaela. Okay. And uh, yeah. So anyway, I just thought it, it would be nice to end on that note. A last, uh, last word or last words. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, talking to you about everything um, uh, in ma vie. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just, just, you know, I think it's important to um, just think that you can make a difference as a person uh, in the world. And once you believe that you're able to make a difference, uh, when there is a will, there is a way. It is always possible. I don't, I, I always believe nothing's impossible, but perseverance is key. That's true. Uh, because also without perseverance, it is hard really to accomplish anything. There'll always be obstacles, barriers, emotional blocks, all sorts of blocks. Sure. Uh, but uh, it's it's important to believe that you can make a difference. I think that those are my last words. And uh, again, bridging cultures is I think my main mission, and and always something that uh, I wanted to achieve and and do in my life because I feel like um, I grew up. With different cultures around me um, and I grew up in different cultures um, and interacted with so many people from around the world uh, respected them uh, admired them uh, respected where they come from and uh, and I think and I would hope uh, people would treat me um, mutually because when we respect one another I think we can achieve so much Absolutely. and so much more I would say so I think these are the main blocks that we're facing nowadays. Uh, and uh, there's so many mishaps uh, that the world's going through at the moment, but uh, I hope we overcome them uh, through respect and appreciating humanity really we and will. what it means to be. Yeah. We will together. Thank you so much again for taking the time and spending time with me on this special segment with Zina Baroum. La vie en rose d'après, Zéna Oui. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Lovely. Thank you. To music.